podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's a maximum. Oh, it's brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward Prowse who strikes it. Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant. The Pogba. Oh, what a finish. Came out to him. Menez. Picked that one out. What a goal by Harry Kane. Saka, 2-0. Jesse Lingard. Oh, something finished. The champions of 2021. Hello and welcome to A Tad Predictable. It is the dynamic duo again, the worst predictors in EPL, I think. Um, although we keep getting Southampton stuff right, which is a bit weird. But I'm again joined by Dave. How are you doing, Dave? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, I, f- I feel like this might be our podcast now and Tad might have to find something else to do with himself. It is. We'll have to think of a new name, though, because it kind of only works with his name. True. True. We'll work on it. We'll work on it. But anywho, we'll get into the games because we don't want to be here for too long and there's no Steve Bruce to distract us. But we do have the Man United situation, but Dave's been doing that all week. Um, But we'll start off, and for some reason, Arsenal keep getting games back-to-back as they have the Friday night kickoff. Uh, But now they have the early kickoff as they go to Leicester. Um, Leicester-Arsenal, Dave, it should be a fun one considering uh, Leicester a bit up and down, but they seem to be finding some form with, with new strikers and Arsenal... Again, very up and down, but very good against Villa uh, last weekend. Yeah, I mean, Villa Villa were terrible, but Arsenal did play well. And Arsenal are now unbeaten in five games. Um, unbeaten in six games, actually, I should say. They have... They haven't always looked impressive, and there are still issues with that team. Like, we saw them look very uninspiring against Brighton, and Palace. But they bookended that with good performances in spells against Spurs and Villa. I think Leicester will be a much bigger test of that Arsenal defence than what we've seen from previous opponents. Villa look completely disjointed going forward. And even though they do have good attacking players, they, they don't seem to combine well. Whereas with Leicester you know they will combine well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Leicester have bounced back as well from a bad start, and they're unbeaten in four. They've won their last two. Uh, They won in Europe as well last week, coming from behind to beat Moscow. So it is two teams coming in, should be relatively full of confidence. They've got identical records in the league, played nine, won four, drawn two, lost three. Leicester will want to separate themselves from Arsenal. Leicester will have a firm belief that they're a better team, and rightly so. Now, going into the game, Leicester are without Fafana, without Justin, without Albrighton, and without Ndidi, and Vardy is a doubt. But Patsendak is in great form. Iheanacho's playing really well. They've got Barnes to bring back in. Madison and Thielemans are playing well. Sumare's playing well. The wing-backs are performing. The defence looks better. Not good, but better with Johnny Evans in. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Arsenal, no Granit Xhaka. Tierney is a doubt. Ben White has the flu or something, but he should be able to play. He played during the week. And Odegaard, they're hoping, will make the bench. 
I think, given that they're at home, I think you have to lean towards Leicester. Early kickoff on a Saturday. This is, as you said, three games in a row Arsenal have been on, on television, which I'm not sure they warrant, all things considered. Um, but I will go for a home win. I think it will be a really entertaining game. It's two teams that will want to play a decent style of football. Two teams that are better going forward than they are defending. But I'll go with a 3-1 Leicester victory. Yeah, I think it should be quite an interesting game. I think quite a lot does depend on I mean, how they turn up on the day. But you mentioned Johnny Evans coming back. In, we've mentioned Sionchu. We've mentioned Vestergaard. It, it, it speaks volumes that I'm at. He's already overtaken Vestergaard in, in the first team, which uh, might have been a mistake signing it. What was he? What was he? 15 million? Or 15 million, yeah. Oof. yeah. He could have bought a good centre-back for that. Like, Noah Fade moved from Len to Ren for around that fee. Um, and in Loic Bidet, you'd have been getting a centre-back you could have paired with Fafana for the long-term future of your club. You know, there's a few others out there uh, that you could have gotten in around that £15 million price. But I do think Rodgers wanted experience. Mm. And, yeah, someone who is big and commanding in the air. The issue with Vestergaard is he is absolutely hopeless on the floor. If you lump crosses in on top of him, he'll be absolutely fine. But he is atrocious on the floor. They could have got Tosin from Fulham as well. I mean, he's 6'5", good in the air, really good season last year. Even though the team got relegated, that was on the manager, not on the players. I think Tosin would have been a better addition. He's homegrown as well. But Vestergaard was just a, it was a bad move. And he's, a, he's just not a good Premier League centre-back. If you're... If you're in the bottom half of the league, I think he's a, a, a solid fourth centre back. If you well, have you ambitions, at, probably more than you look, you look at Southampton's improvement since he's gone. Mm. In, in that in that regard, I should say. Yeah, Bednarak and Salisu look much better. Mm. Even when uh, Lianco came into the team last night, he looked quite good. So I, I just, for me, Vestergaard, he's always one to avoid. I said this all last season, though. On two-footed, I said, somebody foolish is going to buy him when Bednarak is carrying him up and down the field. What we have here is another Jose Font, Dejan Lovren We just thought it would be Arsenal. <laughs> and I did think it would be someone like Arsenal, but Vestergaard was getting all of this praise. Look at his passing. Look at his aerial numbers. Well, no, look at the game. Watch him play. Watch the positional mm. mistakes. Watch how easily beaten 1v1 he is. Watch him try to turn when the ball is... Like, he makes Harry Maguire look nimble. <laughs> and just hilariously enough, the same manager who bought Lovren after Jose Font carried him up and down the field at St. Mary's jumped in and bought Vestergaard mm. after Bednarak carried him up and down the same field. The only thing I'd say that it's a bit more panic buying because the Fafana injury was quite late on, wasn't it? But it was, it was. But you could have got Tosin. Tosin had a buyout clause. Yeah, Tosin had a buyout clause of twelve million. If they went down, he could go for twelve million. That's cheaper. You'd imagine the wages would be less as well. Mm-hmm. And he's a guy who could potentially be a starter, plus well experienced in the Premier League, playing in a three. Now I know Vestergaard's played in a three 
at club level or at, at international level, but rarely at club level has he played in a three. So, mm. you know, it's different doing it at international level. It's a different style of football. Uh, Tolson would have been a better buy. Vestergaard's an issue. Can't even get a game, which will tell, like, Amarty is starting. The guy's a midfield player. Um, I, I think Leicester, though, the, the talent is there. I mean, I, I love their, their midfield group. I like their wing-back options, especially with Justin about a month away from coming back. He'll be a big boost back for them. He could even play in the back three. Maybe he slots in for Amarty on the right-hand side of that back three. I think that'll improve them. Mm-hmm. They've got great options up front. Brendan is working with a very, very good team there. And considering the shenanigans going on in Manchester on the red side, my preseason prediction that the door may have closed on them for top four may have been presumptive because right now fourth place is wide open. The top three spots are locked up. Mm -hmm. Forget about them. But fourth is wide open. And... I mean, you'd say, if you look at the table now, you'd probably say West Ham in fourth now. Maybe yeah. unrealistically with Brighton and stuff like that, but who knows? It's Brighton. If, they're, if they keep their stats up and see what they do in January, but Brighton down to Arsenal, I'd say um, some of these are much more unlikely than others, but I'd say they're all capable of getting top four. Oh, I think they're all looking at it. Everybody from West Ham to Arsenal mm-hmm. will be looking at this and thinking, we can sneak in. I even think, now they're, they're a little bit lower, I think Villa... Not that maybe not the manager, but I think the ownership will be looking at that, thinking we're we're seven points off fourth. There's still twenty nine games left. We've got a really good team. Like we've got probably the best goalkeeper out of that group from mm-hmm. West Ham down to them. In Esri Konza, we have maybe one of the three best centre backs. We've yeah. got a really strong midfield. We've got good attackers. I think Villa would even have have thoughts that maybe with a run of form we could launch back up into that. But they've lost three in a row and and they look completely lost at the minute. Mm. I think we'll, maybe when we get to them we'll do a bit of a a deep dive on them because the Arsenal game, as we said earlier, was uh, was not good. But yeah, we'll talk about them when we get to it. Uh, but I'll say two one to Leicester. I think Arsenal. I'm counting the league up as well. A few wins in a row. They just don't seem to be that type of team that goes on massive win streaks. Then there's always a slip-up, whether it's a draw or defeat. I know they're undefeated for a little bit, but maybe they do. Um, it lost, but I'd, I'd have to say Leicester probably favourites just because Pats and Dark is on fire at the minute. And um, yeah, um, But we'll move on to the Battle of the Bees. Um, before I just look at this game, I mean, the story here, Dave, is Brentford's injury list. If you have a look at that for a second, it is tragic, that. Yeah, I mean, they've just lost David Rea, which is a big, big blow. Ethan Pinnock is out. and Buomo's out. Yanult is out. He was so important to them. Mm. It's, it's notable that they missed him massively in the last two games. Absolutely. Uh, Wiesa is out. He'd look really good scoring against Liverpool and West Ham. You've got Sorensen, De Silva, and Baptiste, of course, was injured recently as well. It's basically That's all their midfield and it is. their own yeah. their second forward to Tony, isn't it? It is. It's a lot. It's it's the basically their second and third forwards in Mbomo and Wissa. Yeah. It's one of their starting centre-backs. They're lucky enough that it's only one and they do have Zanka. But like you said, it's it's four of their 
six options in midfield. At the moment, they've only really got Onyeka and... Onyeka and... Jensen? Yes. Yes. The, the only um, thing with Pinnock is... Hasn't Ayers just come back from injury? Ayers just and, come back from injury. And he injury. plays right so, side, so it's going to upset the balance. So Zanka's going to have to switch across. Mm-hmm. Um, Zanka obviously came on against Liverpool in the left-sided role after Pinnock was forced off. And I think this is still the same injury that's causing him a problem. It's an injury to his hip. Yeah, because he's been, he's been a doubt one. every week, hasn't he? But he seems Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Now, look, he might be okay, and Buomo might be okay, but I don't know that you risk him at this point in the season when I mean, an injury could rule them out for three or four months. Well, that's the thing. Where the Brentford are 12. They're on 12 points, which is... Eight above Burnley, for instance. Yeah. If Burnley win, it obviously won't be. But it, they've got breathing room, and even in the they have they've lost two in a row, but they've still been the better teams in both them games. They know yeah. they know they're a Premier League team. It's not about getting complacent, but they know they're of a certain quality. That's exactly so it. Look, the, the thing is, all Thomas Frank needs to do this season, right? The the aim for this season is seventeenth. Anything above that's a bonus. Mm-hmm. All he needs to do is stay in the division. And anything above that's a bonus. So like you said, they have that breeding room. They've got eight points clear of the bottom three. Like, even if Burnley win, they require Leeds to lose, to dro- to jump out of the bottom four. Or bottom three, rather. That's how badly stuck Burnley are at the minute. Brentford have more than enough, I think, to go into Turf Moor and get a point here, even with the injuries. Because they've got big physical centre-backs who won't be in any way awed by Chris Wood and whoever else is up front. I think they they work incredibly hard in midfield. Now, I will say, Burnley looked quite good last week, I thought, mm-hmm. against Southampton. Max and they're at full strength. The only mm. one out for them is is Dale Stevens, who wouldn't be playing anyway. Um, Daichi said the other day he's out on the grass. I don't know if that means he's out chewing the cud or he's <laughs> cutting the grass or what it is that he's doing, but uh, he wouldn't play anyway. So Burnley will be at full strength. They've got quality in the wide areas now with Cornet and, and, and McNeil. They've got but, good but Cornet seems to be playing more of a, as the one-off wood now. I mean, you probably saw a bit more of him at Leon at me. I know he was a, he was kind of a left-back by need from them more than anything, but I know mm. he was a winger. D- did you expect him to be kind of the second striker? Because I know... Uh, what's the winger called? Goodjanson. Goodjanson, yeah. yeah. Uh, but it seems to be Brownhill's back out there now. But it, it, they seem to have kept the structure but put Corner in there, and it, it's working great for him. Well, I did say in the summer that the one... Attacking addition I thought they needed was someone to play off Chris Wood with pace mm-hmm. and finishing ability. Now, he did break through as more of an attacking player. He, he kind of, like you said, he got repurposed as a left-back because of uh, injuries. He mm-hmm. was he was a left-winger, then he was a left-wing-back, then he was a, he's played centre midfield for a little while, and then he went to left-back. But he, he did break through as more of a front three type of player. Yeah. Normally a wide forward in a front three or in that kind of secondary striking role. So it is a position he knows. And 
He's a decent finisher. He's got really good pace. He's clever. His movement is very good. And when you play off a guy like Chris Wood, you're going to get a lot of scraps to feed off. And mm-hmm. he is the type that will get himself onto second balls. His big strength in the penalty box is his anticipation. Is making that. And you'll, you'll often see him. The ball will come into the box and he'll make a run. And you'll watch it and it won't make sense. You'll be like, why has he made that run? And then the same thing will happen five minutes later and he'll make the same run. And this time it'll make sense because the ball will drop to him. And what he's trying to do, he's trying to anticipate where that second ball is going. So sometimes he'll look, at, he'll look like an idiot. And he'll end up mm. 15 yards away from the ball when the ball has gone through at a different angle. But it is a good skill to have. It is a, it's a, an admirable thing that he does. Always been willing to make those runs. I like him. I think he's a good player. I think this game has draw written all over it. Mm -hmm. But I actually am going to go for a home win. I'm going to go for a Burnley win. Get them their first win of the season. I'll say 2-1 Burnley. I think it'll be a good game. But I'll go 2-1 Burnley. I was going to say Brentford don't do boring, do they? (laughs) No. They really no. don't. Um, yeah, I, I was going to pick Burnley as well. I, I could see this being anything, but them injuries for Brentford just... I mean, you, you discussed it on uh, 240, didn't you, in the news section. We, we have no idea the quality of the backup goalkeeper. No, They're gonna none shifting, at all. They're going to be shifting the entire team about at the back. And midfield's basically two people at the minute. It, there's a lot of questions. So I think it, it, you'd have to make Burnley favourites, but Brentford have shown... They've had injuries quite a lot of the season. They've shown they can perform without them. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to go. I'll I'll go two one. Uh, I'll go one nil to be different actually. Um, to Burnley, but I think this could be anything. I think that be, should be a fun game because. Well, you mentioned it. I think we mentioned it earlier in the team. We mentioned later on, but I think Burnley, regardless where they are now, I still think they'll be fine. That that's how I feel about them. You'd always back Dyche to keep yeah. his team in the league. He's he's such a good manager. And if it wasn't for the fact that his teams are seen as unappealing to the eye, I think Newcastle are mental not to be... I know he signed a new contract in the summer, but I think Newcastle are mental not to be throwing large amounts of money his way. Because if he could come in, bring Tarkovsky with him in January, I think he'll be able to stabilise them enough to keep them up. I think he'll Mm -hmm. find a way to keep them in the division. Mm -hmm. And then you look at next summer... I mean, Dwight McNeil would be a really good first piece to bring in. You know, you put McNeil left wing with Jamal Lewis left back. That's a very dice left side. It's a lot of quality. Place at maximum off your off Callum Wilson. That's that's dice. I wonder if Everton regret never going for him fully when when they hired Allardyce for a bit. It's like yeah, I I think they do. You, you look, I at, think they do. You almost similarities with Moyes at, at West Ham. You, you look at the success he's had getting them back in Europe and. Seemingly doing very well in Europe. I think Dice would have done a similar job, if anything. I think so. I think so. I think he's a manager that can and would consistently have you competing for Europe with the right structure around him. Now, I'm not saying he'd win titles or get you in the Champions League because I don't think he'd ever get any of those jobs. Mm. But I think at an Everton, he would have you between 5th and ninth every year, some years 5th, some ninth, 6th, 7th, 8th, getting you into Europe, cup runs, I think he'd make you a competitive team. 
And regardless of what some people who don't watch Burnley every week will tell you, they don't play atrocious football. The reason people have that view is because they tend to only see Burnley play against the bigger teams because they tend to only be on TV against your Liverpools, your Arsenals, your Uniteds, your Cities and your Chelsea's and your Spurs. And, well, what else is he going to do when he's Mm -hmm. facing that type of a talent gulf? He's going to set his team out in a deeper block than they normally play. He's going to have the midfielders be a little bit quicker to get the ball forward, a little bit more direct, rather than what we normally see with them, which is when Westwood and Cork or Westwood and um, Brownhill can put their foot on the ball, knock it about a bit, work it left, work it right, try and pull the defence a little bit out, force an error. And look, they've always got those overlapping fullbacks and the crosses for Chris Wood, but it's not like a thing that you watch Burnley play against, a, like say, a Watford or a Southampton, and they're launching the ball to Chris Wood from any of their back four. That's not what they do. Mm-hmm. They'll do that against good teams where they think, OK, maybe this against a city with defenders who you could say are a little bit soft, don't really love the physical side of things. You could look at that and say, right, we're going to pump the ball in on top of them and hope for a mistake. And against City this year, it worked well for them. But the best chance they had came from Dwight McNeil dropping into centre midfield, beating two men and playing a gorgeous pass to Cornet. That was the best chance they created. And if if another team had created that, you'd say, oh, they're playing really good football. But Dyche doesn't get the credit. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I, I, I think not to disparage Burnley, but if if they go down, Dyche won't be going with them. That's how I view it. I, I think he, there's certain Premier League managers, uh, certain managers who get promoted, obviously he's kept them up for so long now, but he, he will never manage in the Championship again. Uh, no. The way it should be. He should be a top half manager every every year. Um, but yeah, I said 1-0 for that. Liverpool-Brighton. Um, Liverpool, quite a few injury problems or doubts in midfield especially um and brighton since the certain midfielder situation they don't seem to be the same team at the minute but they're still a good team but they don't, i don't know they don't seem they're well, soft in midfield they're yeah, soft I mean, in midfield they're too easy to overrun in there they don't have anyone with alzati out and basuma whatever's going on there and he doesn't seem to trust mwepu yet I mean, you're talking Adam Lalana and Pascal Grouse in midfield, and I mean, they they couldn't tackle the weight of a wet paper bag. Because mm, it, it, so, it's, it's one loss, which was City, fair enough, but three draws in a row against Norwich. You should be beating Arsenal. They were the better team, but I don't. They never seen. They had con- Moda played well, but I didn't feel like they dominated. No, the same level they were before. And, and the, the Palace game, Palace were probably the better team, but yeah, I got. They I were poor against Palace, and they were poor against Norwich. There's no yeah. way around that. They did yeah. play well against Arsenal, but I don't know. I I just think they're too soft in midfield. Now Lamptey is back, so maybe we'll finally get to see Lamptey one side, Cucurella the other. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't be the wisest thing, probably against Liverpool. The big issue they're going to have is that they're going to be playing some very slow centre backs against Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. And that is a recipe for getting your backside kicked all over Anfield. Uh, Liverpool do have injuries. Obviously, Milner is out. Thiago won't be back in time. Fabinho and Naby Keita are a doubt, but look like they could possibly make it. Uh, Quivin Kelleher is ill. He could be back, though. 
and Harvey Elliott obviously done for the season. Oh, well, not for the season, but done till kind of March, April time. Um, Liverpool will have too much for them. They'll have too much for them. Too good at the back, too good up front. All they need is the midfield to just be... A platform. Yeah, competent. Be competent Mm -hmm. in midfield. And look, Oxlade-Chamberlain is infuriatingly inconsistent. Curtis Jones is still very young, so he's inconsistent. And Jordan Henderson's had a bad season so far, but did play well at Old Trafford. If they can play well, and all he's you need better as a six, I know he he's, didn't do yeah, well much there. better as a six. Yeah, and this game could be funny because if he will come up head to head with his <laughs> his best buddy Adam Lalana, so I look forward to the first ball that breaks between the two of them. I will be interested to see. Just how hard they go into that tackle because I feel will foul might... him. Mm. I think he'll foul him. I think he'll foul him in a way where it's like he'll grab him, but he won't. Like Henderson has Henderson pulls out of tackles on the regular. Like let's let's not pretend that anything else is true. Jordan Henderson does what many other players get accused of, which is to pull out of tackles quite a lot, and never gets called on it. I don't see him putting his foot through Adam Lallana. Like, he he wouldn't put his foot through a player he doesn't like. He loves Adam Lallana. He's his best pal. So, I reckon he's more Fabinho likely to grab him. If he's playing and he does it to him. If Fabinho is playing, Adam Lallana is ending up in the stands. Mm. He will kick him into oblivion, because why wouldn't he? Um, Liverpool will win this game. I, I feel quite confident in that. I will say... I'll say 3-0 to Liverpool. 3-0. I mean, to be fair, City put four past them. Mm. We, I don't think we've had a chance. In, or You may not have had a chance. But they're, they're goalkeepers. Something. He's not good. He's not good at all. And I've, I've been saying this since, last, since this time last year. And people told me I was wrong. But this guy is not a good goalkeeper. He almost cost him the game against Norwich. He was woefully out of his depth against City. Everything this is not so a good panicked, goalkeeper. isn't it? It's Everything like, is panicked. He reminds like this is probably the biggest insult you can give to a goalkeeper. He reminds me of Adrian. Yeah, or Jihadrian, <laughs> as, he's, <laughs> as he's now known, which I think is maybe the funniest thing oh, I've ever heard. Um, he is because Adrian he's a used to have shot he used to have huge save percentages Adrian but every, now that I've no now I've seen him close and personal it's like oh the rest Yeah of but it. goalkeepers in bad teams will always save lots of shots yeah, because yeah. they'll face lots of shots um like we heard for years oh, Leno has the most saves in the Premier League it's cuz he plays behind a sieve <laughs> like you you <laughs> Less water would go through a spaghetti strainer than through that Arsenal defence. It was that bad. So, I just don't buy it. With He's a decent shot stopper, is Sanchez. And he he reminds me a bit of Rea at, at Brentford. He's a good shot stopper. He's not as good with his feet as Rea, but he is okay with his feet. But there is a sense of general panic mm. whenever he has the ball or whenever he has to make a decision or he has to leave his comfort zone. Like... The one against Norwich, there's just, there's no excuse. Sargent doesn't get close to the ball. Mm. Like, all he needs to do is let that defender know that's his ball. He doesn't. He runs out, mouth firmly shut, 
hacks at it, makes a mess of it. And if Josh Sargent had any kind of confidence in front of goal at the moment, Brighton lose that game 1-0. Now, they deserve to lose the game. It, was, it wasn't a good performance. But I don't know that Norwich necessarily deserved to win the game. Um, but no, he's not, he's not a good goalkeeper. And they're also going up against the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. And Mo Salah against Dan Byrne ends one way. And one way only. Now, Webster might be back. But there's still going to be a weak link in that Brighton defence. Veltman, Veltman is not playing too well as at the moment. Veltman or Duffy will be the other side, and neither of them are very good. Yeah, Duffy so, against Mane might even be worse for them. Yes, it will. I, I, would, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Brighton centre-back sent off in this game. Mm. I think I don't Webster, think I, like, I quite like Webster. Like, matching up against Mo Salah is difficult for anyone, but I think you need him. Dunk's obviously their best one by a mile. Veltman's probably best suited. Maybe they go back See, to the I back think, four. I think Dunk and Webster as a two would be ideal. I don't really like it in, as two-thirds of a three because they both need to be in that, that central position. Mm. If Dunk is a better defender, Webster is a better ball player. Carrier, yeah. You know, better carrier, better passer. So it's it's a tough... And the thing is, Webster's right-footed playing on the left. It's It's a little bit awkward for him. He's better on the left in a two. Mm. But Duffy, or Dunk rather, is also better on the left in the two. So it's a little bit of a weird situation. I think, I've always thought they bought Webster thinking they were selling Dunk. Because if you remember... White was the next thing, wasn't he? White was the next one coming through. Dunk was being linked with... Leicester, was it? Leicester for like 40 million. Yeah. To replace Maguire. And I think they bought Webster thinking, we'll sell Dunk, we'll make a ton of money. We'll get this other fella in, and we'll have Webster and White, and we're laughing, mm-hmm. and we can develop them over a couple of years, and we'll be fine. Um, and then White was but, the one. Look, Duncan go. Webster works well, well together. There's no doubt. Lewis Dunk has done well. See, the only thing with Lewis Dunk is, like, what age is he now? He must be 29. They've missed their window to sell Lewis Dunk. He's 29. He'll be 30 next month. I think he is key to the system because I think, although Webster's, I like Webster. I think Duncan that central one. I think he. Oh, he's, he's very good. Yeah, I think he's, he's very, very he good. He organizes but it and he's very good on the ball. The bottom yeah. line guy is that they're Brighton and Hove Albion. Yeah, that's true. Their their model is buy, develop, sell. It and or bring them through the academy, develop, sell. Mm-hmm. My only it's argument not bring them through is... the academy and have them retire at the club. No, no. I mean, the only argument maybe that they would maybe not expecting White to sell sell this early on. So that kind of obviously you still. If in this situation of Moneyball, yada, 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 you kind of missed the window, but you've sold White at a higher fee than you'd ever expect. Because what? They were wanting 30 mil from Leeds the year previous, and then they get 50 mm. the year after. From Arsenal. Yeah. I still think they should have sold Dunk when they had the chance. Because I think you, you've missed out there on a massive opportunity to bring. Like for 45 million, they'll go and buy three really good players. Because mm. that's their model, um, and Dunk is really good. And maybe you don't buy a player as individually good as him straight away, but I think you can improve your team. I just think it's a missed opportunity for them. But look, they made a decision; they stuck by it. Credit to them. Um, he's done well this season, but mm. um, he must be one of their biggest legends, surely. In my oh, he opinion. has to be. Yeah. He's got to go down as one of their one of their greats. It'd be him and Glenn Murray, you'd think. Although Duncan Duffy go together, don't they? So it might be them too. Um, but anywho, uh, 
I will say I'll say two nil for to Liverpool. Obviously, um, yeah. Obviously, we haven't seen the Liverpool team for the League Cup, but I think you mentioned earlier on you probably expect Mane to start um, tonight. I think he might start. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say the same. Would you just to as much as you can keep the same team that battered United? Um, barring Fabinho, because well, he's Fabinho. It's hard to know. There's so many questions. I think if you can, if if Naby's fit, maybe bring Fabinho in, play Naby on the left, Henderson on the right, Fabinho as the six. I'd be, I I would like to see Kanate get an extended run I forgot, next. Yeah, Kanate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you can't really argue against yeah. bringing Joel Matip back in because he's been good this season. So I'll be, I mean, um, To deal with Mope, maybe Gomez is probably best suited, but you'd expect Gomez to play tonight. I don't think Mope is going to be much of a problem. I don't to be think honest. so either, but he seems to be picking best suited. But Matt, I'd, I'd yeah, it's Matip, true. Matip's first choice, you'd. you'd so, I think he'll go Matip. I yeah, think he'll yeah. keep bring back Matip. Um, play. I think he'll play Kanati and Gomez tonight against Preston. I think he'll play Matip and Van Dijk against um, against Brighton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think either or. I think we'll be all right. Um, next up, then Man City v Crystal Palace. Uh, Man City in in good form at the minute. Uh, let me just check that. Yeah, three wins in the last five. Couple draws. One was against Liverpool, so that's fine. They'd be disappointed with the Southampton one, but that was about two years ago in in COVID times. Um, Man City surely the favourites for this, regardless of Crystal Palace's improvement. I mean, Phil Ford and Bernardo Silva are probably the two players behind them all at the minute in terms of best player, aren't they? Yeah, I think Bernardo Silva is probably the second best player in the league at the minute, and Phil Foden is unquestionably the best English player in the Premier League right now. Um, you know, they're they're playing quite well. They don't even have De Bruyne playing anywhere close to his no. best level yet. He may be not they don't. should be starting, really. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, Gundogan's back in the in the mix now, and he scored, obviously, against Brighton. Um, they'll have too much for Palace in this game, I think. As much as I, I really enjoy watching Palace now... Um, it's just Ezzy and, and Ferguson out for Palace, so they've got pretty much their full strength team as it as it has been this season. But even with like Ferran Torres injured for a few months, Raheem Sterling's got a back issue. He won't be starting uh, anyway. I don't think he, that's the thing. Like City are basically close enough to full strength. Mm-hmm. You just think they'll have too much for Palace at home. I think I think Palace could could potentially end up on the wrong side of a bad result here if things go badly for them early. Mm. Now, if they play like they did at Anfield, I think they'll get a similar enough result, which I think was a three 0 defeat. Mm. But fair, they had a couple of opportunities pieces. in that game. Yeah, it took yeah they, they, they had they should have scored twice in that game. Edward should have scored, and Benteke should have scored. They had two great chances. Mm-hmm. But they they need to take them. I I'm I'm I'll go three one city. I'll go three one city. I think Ben Teke could score. He looks confident. He looks a lot better this season than he has in years mm-hmm. as an all round player. I'll go three one city just to 
I think there's a separation between the two sides, but I'm hopeful that Palace can keep up the good form and, and not get a bad defeat that could derail mm-hmm. all the good work they've done thus far. Because we, we have seen City slip up in a few games already yeah, this season. especially at home. Mm, which is strange. I mean, the early Pep days, didn't they go... That Etihad record was monstrous, wasn't it? Um, but yeah, you have to make City favourites. But as we say... They do have the odd slip-up or ball. Maybe it's the lack of striker, but maybe it was Phil Foden finding form or other people finding form, but they seem to be scoring much more now. But yeah, you have to make City favourites. I'll say 4-2. Why not? Although I don't think think City's only conceded to us of them. Uh, So that might be a bit ambitious. Uh, Last game before we go to an ad break, uh, the battle of the rich people, uh, Newcastle v Chelsea. Um, Chelsea, easy favourite. Really. It's a bit strange to me that the three teams who are head and shoulders above everyone else are all in the three o'clock games on a Saturday. It's because like, we've we got comedy at half five. Well, <laughs> it's definitely part <laughs> of that. But it is just, it's a bit weird that like Liverpool... City and Chelsea are all on a three o'clock. Considering the garbage we had at three o'clock last Saturday, mm. um, at least you can watch the damn thing. Newcastle are are god awful. They're absolutely atrocious. I think they're the worst team in the league, based on what I've seen this year. I know mm. Norwich are bottom, but Norwich at least have an identity, and they played some decent football. I think if Norwich had a striker, they'd be a lot. If they had Callum Wilson, they'd be above Newcastle. Yes, a hundred percent. If they had Callum Wilson, I think Norwich would probably. They've gotten a draw against Leicester. I think they'd have beaten Brighton. Um, I think they'd have five points. They'd be third from bottom. They'd still be in the bottom three, but oh, they'd okay. be they'd still be bad, better. Yeah. Um, Newcastle are just atrocious. 20 goals conceded. They've got one player in attack who makes them work. And he had a stinker last time out. Um, Shelby is back, I think. Is he? I think he's back. Yeah, I think he's back on the third. Was it a straight red? No, it's two yellows. Two yellows. Yeah. Um, Dubravka is injured. Dummett is injured. And Woodman, strangely, still injured. Chelsea will wipe the floor with them. Kante should be back. Aspilicueta is a doubt. Christensen is a doubt. Loftus Cheek is a doubt. Pulisic is out. Lukaku is out, and Werner is out. But I still think they'll wipe the floor with them. I think they'll play Hudson Odoi and Mount either side of Havertz. Havertz, which has worked really well. They'll go Reese James right wing back, Chilwell left wing back, both in good form. Mm-hmm. They've got. Even with Kante, a doubt, they've still got three really good options in midfield. You mentioned Stoll uh, played well last night. He played though. really well mm. in midweek. So you've got him, you've got Kovacic, and you've got Jorginho. That's and that's even without Kante and Loftus-Cheek. So that mm-hmm. shows they've got quality, it's depth in midfield. At the back, they'll go Silva, Rudiger, and probably Chalaba. I think they'll be absolutely fine. I think they'll beat Newcastle comfortably. I will go... 4-1 to Chelsea. I'll say 3-0, because I, I don't think they'll get a goal. Um, we'll take a quick ad break, and then we'll be back, uh, and we'll be back with some comedy, as I alluded to. Um, but yeah, back in a moment. 
Right, we are back. Uh, and one more game before the late kickoff, and that is Watford against Southampton. Southampton seem to be improving of late, and Watford are just mental. <laughs> um, mental I, mental yeah. is the only word for them. Yeah. How do you get one five nil with Liverpool and then go and beat? Uh, now Everton collapsed was was the big problem, but yeah, I don't. I, I still I still would not trust this Watford team at all. And Dennis is suspended as well, I think. Yeah, so they are going to be without. Atibo uh, is out long term. Emmanuel Tennis, an impressive attempt to ra- and with racking up five yellow cards. He's a forward as well. In games <laughs> as an attacker, it's really impressive. Uh, Seralta is out, Femeni is out, Cabaselli's out, and Rose. <laughs> Danny Rose has a knock. Yeah. I would imagine Danny Rose was told, go and lose weight. You're not playing until you do. Um, I am going to suggest that this will not be a pretty game of football. Uh, Broya is a doubt. Alianasi has a knock. James Ward-Prowse is back, and I actually think that's bad for Southampton. Because I think Romeo and um, Diara have played brilliantly. Diallo, rather, have played brilliantly in midfield together. Mm. And I think they're going to spoil that by bringing him back in straight away. Now, he, I don't... I'm not saying he shouldn't be in the team. I just don't think he should be in the midfield, too. I think he should be in the more advanced, too. I think that would get the better out of Prowse, James Ward-Prowse, as well. Yeah, to be fair. and I'm more involved in the final third. I think you play him. You'd have him, Elianasi... Gianepo and Stuart Armstrong as four options for those two roles. Now, the only thing is, obviously, you've got no one else in central midfield because mm-hmm. um, you only own three, and Ward-Prowse is one of them. But I do think it would get more out of them. I think defensively it would help them as well because when they lose the ball, they drop into a 4-4-2. And he's a liability in the middle of the park defensively. He's really good defensively on the right-hand side, helping the fullback. But he's not a good. He doesn't have good enough positional sense. He's not a good enough tackler to play central midfield. So a right hand side of Livermento and Ward Prowse. I mean, Livermento has been very good, but if you if you get him kind of running on beyond, if Livermento is overlapping and then cutting mm. it back for Ward Prowse, he'll have options of crossing, cutting back to the edge of the box, or just playing it back to Ward Prowse, who's one of the best crossers in the league. Mm. That's really strong. I really want to see Broya and Armstrong play up front, Adam Armstrong. I do not want to see Theo Walcott <laughs> or Nathan Redmond. Neither of them should be in the league anymore. They're both well past being anyway useful. Mm. Um, it's a shame Broya has a doubt because he's been excellent. By he's been really good the last couple of games. Well, really how old is he? 18, 19? 19, I think. Chelsea, he is... Chelsea know how to find people. Yeah, he he is he's going to be a problem. He's twenty actually. He just turned twenty there um, last month. He's a Gosson, but like he's already had a full year at Vitesse. Funnily enough, he was actually in the Spurs academy, and Chelsea stole him when he was eight. Um, <laughs> I think, I think he's going to become a big problem. I I, I wonder what will happen with him, whether he. Whether Chelsea keep loaning him out with the view of him being the Lukaku successor, or whether he ends up going the Tammy Abraham route and they sell him on, but um, he he's a real problem. He's a really talented young player, and he's been very very impressive. I think Southampton will win this game at Watford. Interesting. I think they've got 
enough going forward to cause what Watford problems. And I don't think they'll collapse the way Everton did. I really don't think they'll collapse the way Everton did. So I like the base that they've got now with Salisu and, and Bednarak. Um, the team has decent balance at fullback. I'd still like to see Walker Peters playing, but Livermento is playing very well. So mm-hmm. you've got to ride ride with that while he's Fraser play really well last night as well he might get a knock he might he might get a run over McCarthy because they're about they're about even they just seem to take a month each and then just roll with it that's it yeah they'll have three or four good games keep the place have one really bad game get dropped the other one will come in three or four good games and and so on and so forth I'll go 2-1 Southampton an away win, a big win for Southampton. It'd be the second win in, in the season. It'd jump them above Watford and probably Palace, who we have to lose, and give them a good separation from the from the um, from the relegation spots. And considering Aston Villa have not the easiest game this weekend, they could even jump Villa. Very so, true. That would be that would be a big big step forward for them um, under Ralph as he tries to get things turned around again. They've turned around that many times, so they're probably just lost at this point. Yeah, they've just drew many many circles at this point. Um, I'll go one one. I, I think if Broyar was definitely fit, I could I could see him taking advantage of, of the weak defence. But if it's Che Adams or Adam Armstrong up there, and he he will play Redmond or Walcott, he just seems to. To do that, I just don't think they'll have enough goals to to score a few. Um, but if Broyaz ends up being in the starting eleven, I I can see him taking advantage because regardless of Everton, their centre backs um, just aren't it, or the defence as a whole just isn't it. Um, but Watford are dangerous at the other end as we've seen. But there's only one Everton in the league. Like you have Rafa Benitez and you concede five, you should be ashamed of yourself. Like Michael Caine is an abomination. Like how is Yerry, an abomination? How, how is Yerry Mina someone's best centre back? Yerry Mina has all the talent in the world, but he does not have the mental side of the game, and he's also very very injury prone. Like Yerry Mina is, you can watch him play, and just from watching the game, you can see that he's distracted that he's not fully zoned in on what he's doing. Like, he's admiring a butterfly, or he's looking at somebody in the crowd, or whatever it may be. He is not 100% focused on what he's meant to be doing, Hmm. which is a bit of a concern. It is, but he's still better than Michael Caine. We will get to Oh, yeah, he's much better than Michael Caine. We will definitely get to I said to you before, their Hmm. two best defenders are Ben Godfrey and Mason Holgate. And Ben Godfrey is having Michael Keane rub off on him because yes. he's been dreadful every time I've yes. seen him. Now, he did get COVID pre-season and by all accounts, that has had a big effect on his play. So that might be the reason behind how how much he struggled. Mm. But, might, need to, might need taking out the firing line. Yeah, that's exactly but it. But we'll get, we'll get to them. We'll get to them. Comedy time. Right. If you... if Right. For us, let's put our Liverpool hats on. If there's one team in the league you need Man United to beat, who are you picking, Norwich or Spurs? 
<laughs> it's only Spurs, lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, this, this is just... Like, if Spurs have any decency, if there's a morsel of goodness about that club, they will stink the place out and let Oli have the win. To be fair, they've been kind of doing that for every other team at the minute as well. (laughs) Well, they've lost four games already this season, which is a very impressive feat from nine played. Um, And, like, let's remember... They won three in a row. <laughs> they won three. Yeah, they won three in a row to start the season. They beat City, which was amazing. Um, they they drew with. Oh, they, they beat they beat Wolves and they beat Watford. So they beat Wolves when they were bad when they were trying to figure things out at the start of the season. Watford, who are flat out bad, they got walloped by Palace, walloped by Chelsea, walloped by Arsenal in the first half. Better second half. They beat a pretty pretty bad Villa team as what Villa look like now they beat a flat out stinky Newcastle team so the only win you'd look at and say that's a really good win is City the first game of the season Mm. since then it's four wins four four defeats and the four teams that beat them West Ham Arsenal Palace and Chelsea they're the four best teams that they've played outside of City on the opening day um, and yet, and yet, United are so poor. Well, let's Pop is out. That's yeah. a plus. Varanis is, is out. That's a blow. Very bad. Martial is out, and Ahmad Diallo. He wouldn't play anyway. This is the type of game Ollie Ollie has won as United manager when he's. On the ropes, when people think he's about to get the sack, this is where Ollie pulls something out of the bag. And they play United next week, and you wouldn't be surprised to see them get a result against United City. with Ollie parking the bus. City, not United. Oh, sorry, against City with Ollie parking the bus. Yeah, they play City next week, and he will. He will set out to just spoil that game. And they've done that before and gotten the result. And I wouldn't be surprised if they got a result here because Harry Kane doesn't care. He's putting in no effort. There's obviously been a falling out with Deli Ali this week as well. Um, Endombele is looking a lot better, but he's still inconsistent. It's basically Sun and a few people inconsistently giving him a bit of a dig out. I am going to say this, this game ends 2-2. Two, two. I mean, another follow-on question: Is that good enough for for Ollie? Um, I think it is. I think it is. I think it's good enough to buy him another couple of weeks in charge. I don't know that they're anywhere close to sacking him mm. because I don't trust the reporting on it. Because a lot of the reporting is clearly coming from. People with agendas. Are you waiting for the Ornsteins of this world? I'm waiting for... Yeah, I am waiting for David Ornstein to come out and say... Ollie's in trouble. Who's Paul Joyce of Man United World? Um, I don't even know. I mean, maybe... 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe Anchor. He's been very quiet on the whole thing. Mm. Um, Laurie uh, Whitehall or Whithall seems to be a bit clickbaity. Um, confusion. Like, and I've seen a couple of pieces from Laurie that have maybe hinted at a personal distaste for Ollie, maybe a little bit too close mm-hmm. to the whole thing. I also think high spoofer level definitely definitely takes Romano's word as gospel on a number of things. So I don't put any faith into what Laurie Whitehall has to say, or Laurie Whitwell, sorry, Whitwell. Um, I am waiting for Ornstein to have something to say on Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer. And the last thing Ornstein said was on the 16th, which is only one game one game ago in, in the league, because remember, they won the Champions League. As things stand, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as Manchester United manager understood to be 100% secure. 100% secure on the 16th. They've only played one league game since. So I don't think one league game, because they won the Champions League game, I don't think one league game changes it from 100% secure to on the verge of the sack. I don't believe that at all. He only signed a new contract in July. I think Ollie is safer than people think. I think newspapers want clickbait, which is why we're hearing all these stories, none of which have any substance to them. And then all these agents rushing out to get their players safe from the sniff. Um, I think Ollie's safer than people think. Now, I could be completely wrong and he could lose this game and get sacked, but I think a draw is good enough from here. I think he gets a draw, keeps the job. I don't think you can sack him based on losing to Liverpool and losing to City, if that's what happened, because... Well, there, there's, losing, like, there's losing and then there's that. Yeah, look, but but how, like, when are we going to blame the players? No, like, I, I, I agree. I somebody agree. turn around and go, we're paying Cristiano Ronaldo half a million a week but to you, walk around the place. You know as well as me that that's not how football works. So it, it, it does it certain. It is in club. In club, that's how it works. Mm. The players are looked at before the manager. The last resort is sacking the manager. Now, maybe not at United, who aren't really... Yeah, I was going to say that Ronaldo's a special case in, in, in this regard. Well, a special case in a lot of ways, and I think it'll be a very special case in the state of Nevada if he'd ever get up the courage to get in an aeroplane. But um, I think I think he gets a draw, and I think regardless of the City result, I still think he's manager after the international break. Mm. Well, I, I'm going to go for a 2-1 United win. Ollie in. Um, regardless of Man United, I, I just think Spurs are dreadful. They are well, that's dreadful. the thing. They are. I don't know how they're sixth in the table. I really don't. They are awful. Like, Harry Kane's an embarrassment at the minute. And, like, if it wasn't for Ndombele finding form, they'd, they'd be stagnant, boring. Like, they're getting carried by a bloke who doesn't want to be there. Mm. Which it, it, yeah. It's what Kane should be doing, but he's not. Well, look, Nuno Nuno is also on the hot seat. So th- this is a game between two who, managers who, who goes really... First? I think Nuno. Genuinely, mm. I think Nuno will go before 
Um, because the fans didn't want Nuno to begin with. Nuno's never been popular and he's not really all that entrenched. He hasn't really done anything yet. Um, so, look, if Pochettino becomes available, I think both of these will start preparing P45 for the managers mm. and go and throw the kitchen sink at Pochettino. I think but, Spurs would go back for Conte. Uh, if I was if I was Conte, I would rather the Spurs job. I think they realised they should have done more in the summer to get him. Yeah, but they've also got the upper hand with having Paratici, who, while not very good at his job, is very close friends with Conte. But you look at that Spurs team, like Emerson Royale and Regulon, perfect wing-backs, Doherty and Cessnion, perfect backups. Um, the centre-back, Tanganga's good. Romero's good. That could be two of your three starters. Mm-hmm. Tanganga, in a three, works well as a centre-back, I think. Romero in the middle. You need a left-footed one anyway. Then Ben Davies is your backup there. You've got Roden and San- Davinson Sanchez as the other two backups. And then you sell Eric Dyer to like a travelling circus or something. To Manchester uh, United. You've got Hoysberg, Endombele and Skip as a midfield three. I think that works for Poch. I think that's um, working now. Yeah. Or for, for Conte. Mm-hmm. It is. It's working now, exactly. And you've still got uh, Winks, you've got Ali, and you've got Lacelso for depth. So you're, mm-hmm. you're fine there. You've got Kane and Son up front is the ideal Conte duo. And then you've got the likes of Brian Hill, Bergvine, uh, Lucas Moura as mm-hmm. wide options if he wants to play the 3-4-3, which he does from time to time. So I think their squad is much better for him than it is than the United squad is. I think he walks into Spurs and with one signing makes them mm. a top four team. He knows the city as well. And well, that's the thing. Exactly. And like London just is a more metropolitan city with a bigger Italian community than Manchester. And I think, I think he'd be quite happy at Spurs. Um, if I was him, I, that's the job I would want in England. Not not the United job. No, nah, just wait the, and then you can replace Klopp. So. Yeah, well, I mean, that's <laughs> the, that would be the thing to do. That would be the thing. Start putting it out there. Make it known that you would you would be very much... Now, he's going to have to take a job in the interim, obviously, because yeah, he can't just sit at home until 20 countries for that. Oh, yeah, no, that's like there is. He could, like I said the other day, put him in PSG for two years. Exactly. With the talent they have. Look He'd win a Champions League with them. Exactly. Spot on. Um, then Poch can go ruin Man United. <clears throat> Anywho. Um, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we could probably do this next one quickly. Norwich v Leeds. Um, again, before we start, I think we, before we start recording two-footed, are you? we mentioned how bad Leeds are. Um, mm. It's probably the perfect game for them, but it may be the perfect game for Norwich to get some points as well, because Leeds... Mm, they're getting carried by one player at the minute. And and I say carried as they are, where are the 17th? 17th, yeah. So they're getting uh, carried to failure. Yeah. Now they do have Calvin Phillips back, which is big, but they played mostly their their best available 11 against Arsenal in the Cup and were dreadful. Um, and against Rafinha Arsenal is, B team, Against Arsenal B team, yeah. Uh, Rafinha is playing with an injury, which isn't good. Um, Junior Firpo's a doubt Luke Ayling is out Robin Cock is out 
Bamford is out and Jamie Shackleton's a doubt. None of this is good for Leeds. Uh, for Norwich, Ben Gibson is suspended. I hope he ditches the back three. Daniel Farker, I really hope he does. Uh, Billy Gilmore, will he be back? Whether or not he'll be considered or not, I don't know. Um, Todd Cantwell is a doubt. Sam Byram is out. Zimmerman is out. Plachette is out. None of them would play anyway. Um, I can see this been a genuinely dreadful game of football, to be honest. Mm. Leeds should win this game. But without Bamford, I don't know how they score goals. But the, um, the only thing they've got to use, because Rodrigo is not it. He no, really he's is. not. They've got to use. They've got to try and use Gelhard. Yeah, use yeah. one of the youngsters as a nine. Play Rodrigo behind him where he belongs. Rafinha off a wing. Harrison off a wing. Glishan and Phillips in midfield. Then you get Loriente and whatever else you can cobble together at the back. Probably, I I would play Loriente and Struik because I think Liam Cooper's a liability. Mm. But I mean Norwich. Timo Pukki needs to start performing or Norwich are just, they're done and dusted already. What's happened to that young Irish striker? Is he just not very good? Is Adam I, Day. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't think he's Premier League calibre at this moment. But I think he'd be a good was, League One striker jo- right now. But he was Josh Sargent or Pukki. Would you not rather have someone you could at least use in the Championship next year? Yeah, that is true, to be fair. I'd be inclined to play... Sergeant and Adam Day play the mm. two of them up front, um, and just try and use pace and physicality to get in behind. Because what, what's they're that? both oh, no. big, hardy units who can really move when they need to. Could they not use Rashika in some? Because I know was it Bremen? Who was that? Werder Bremen. Did yeah, he not I mean, keep them up for a couple of years. He did by himself, single-handedly. Yeah. I just, I don't know what Daniel Farka is doing right now, to be honest. I thought he was one of the safer managers in the league because of what he's been able to do there, bringing them up twice. But this season, he is having himself a stinker. Mm. And this season, I think he may be working himself out of a job. Um, I think Leeds go in and beat them. If, if Rafinha plays, Leeds will win because he will be the best player on the pitch by a country mile. I think he'll score and I think he'll create one. I'll go three one two leads as Bielsa turns it around and begins a a march towards mid table. I'm gonna go one all. Leeds are dreadful. I think even Norwich can score a best that defence as well. Um the, the and usually with Leeds there's always some shock injury news, so it'll probably end up being Calvin Phillips missing out and then you put strike in midfield and it doesn't work. So yeah. Um yeah, I don't think that game will be too good. But I do always enjoy watching Rafinha, so the 50 minutes he's able to play will be fun. Um, who do we have next? Uh, Villa against West Ham. Now, West Ham's easy to talk about because they're good. I think they're fourth at the minute. Mm. But Aston Villa, it's this change from Grealish to the to the new lads is not going well. It's Buendia has been dreadful. It's not going well because of the manager. It's not because of the players. It's because of the manager, because he's dicking about playing a back three. Because he won't drop Tyron Mings. That's why it's not going well. They are awful right now because he refuses to drop Tyron Mings. Because the way he sets the midfield up, 
in the 3-4-1-2, his central midfielders are too far apart. He needs to either play them as a double pivot in a 4-2-3-1 or as two-thirds of a three in a flat three. Not the way he's been setting them up. Dean Smith is doing a horrible job right now as Aston Villa manager. And there's no excuse for it because he has the players. I, I said, I've been saying all along, I didn't think Danny Ings was the right signing. I maintain he wasn't the right signing. But they have him now. They're stuck with him. And he is a good player, so you have to make it work. Mm-hmm. I think they've got to go 4-4-2. Play Buendia on the right. Louise and McGinn as a pair in midfield. Not as two midfielders, as a pair. Play Bailey off the left. Play the two boys up front. Play a back four with Konza and Tunzebi as your centre-backs. You have got to leave Tyron Mings out at some point because he is killing you with his ineptitude. I'd say, killing the, same, you. I'd say the same for Matt Target as well. I just don't know what are the left back they have at the club. Ashley, um, Ashley Young is dead. I don't care if he's two hundred year old. At least he can do. At least he can move. Matt Target as a left back in a four though is different to Matt Target as a wing back in a five. I suppose, and Matt Target last season was good. Mm. Let's like, see. It, it's something they have to address because Matt Matt Cash has been all right. I think or, or quite good. Cash and Conza as the right side is fine. The issue absolutely is the left side. Now, I mean, they don't have any. They don't have good options here. No, it is, they, Ashley Young covers about twelve positions. I think it is basically Ashley Young. That is appalling squad management to not have another left back in the team. Um. But if they keep, if they do keep Who the did back, they, oh, they had Neil Taylor for, for a few years, didn't they? Yeah. If they keep, um, if they do keep the back three, it has to be Ashley Young, I think. I think so. I think yeah. If they keep the back three, it has to be Ashley Ashley Young. It does. I wonder. Is there any? What's Frankie Ealing like, I wonder. Not he's only really 17. He's the left back in their under 23 team. I just wonder, like, can he can't be worse at the minute. Mm. He couldn't be. But I'd be I'd be tempted to try that kid at left back and just say, just go and do what you can. You can't be any worse than this other fella. And give um They've also got another guy called Swinkles. Oh, he's, got, he's, Swinkles. Got, he's got to play. He's a Dutch defender. Uh, he's also 17. He's more of a centre-back by the looks of him. He could be dreadful. Um, I don't care. He's got to play for his name. Swinkles is a, is a great name, to be fair. Sil Swinkles. Sil Laurentius Swinkles. Oh, my goodness. Get Liver- him in the team. Liverpool. Get it done. Get him in the team. Build the team around him. Um, they've got to figure something out at left back, though, because either play a four and leave Target as a left back or play a five and bring in Ashley Young or something. But I think Dean Smith is doing a horrible job this season. And um, 
I think they're going to get beaten here because West Ham are playing really well. Now, West Ham, uh, Kral is a doubt and Soufal is most likely to miss out again. They also have the League Cup tonight, so other stuff might happen. Other stuff could happen in the interim. Villa, no Trezeguet, no Carney Chukwameka, no Keenan Davies. Uh, Bertrand Traore still working his way back. I'm going to go away win here, though. I think I think West Ham march in to Villa Park and take a two-one win. I just if if Antonio ends up on Tyron Mings, mm. good night and God bless. Well, if They've also got to have Bowen. Yeah, like remember that. this: you're going to have Jared Bowen off the off the right, the Villa left, cutting in, leaving Matt Target 15 yards behind him, running at Tyron Mings. Mm-hmm. And what will Tyron Mings do? He will run away because that's what he does. It doesn't matter where on the pitch he gets met with someone carrying the ball towards him. He immediately turns and starts to back towards his own goal. He is Martin Skirtle, isn't he? I have seen him this season engage an attacker on the halfway line and not make the challenge until the edge of his own penalty box. Backing up the whole way. Like... 15 yards between them when he first kind of squared them up and just backed them up and backed them up and backed them up and backed them up and eventually got to the edge of his own area. Mings tried to make a tackle and missed. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like someone carried the ball 40 yards because he wouldn't make a tackle. He's awful. And while he's in the team, Villa aren't going to be good enough. I'll go 2-1 West Ham. Moises Moises is my manager of the season so far again. Yeah, I'm going to go 3-0. Um, West Ham are just good. Mm. They are just a good team. Yeah, simple they, as that. They're just a good team. I think Villa are still trying to find it out, and I think that's almost worse. If you know something is dreadful, you you can kind of rip up the whole plan. But if you're in the flux or something, you you're pretty much buggering about with the team, and I think that's what the stage Smiths in. I, I agree. I think he, I'd say. Yes. Almost has to sacrifice one of the strikers because Watkins has been dreadful at the expense of Danny Ings, and I don't think that's worth it. I think that was an expensive mistake, if anything. But that's for someone else to figure out. Maybe three knows a bit of but I've said it now. We roll. Um, last game, and probably the funny I want to talk about for us Liverpool fans against Everton. Uh, we'll start with Everton because we kind of started a few games ago. Defensively, they're disgraceful. <laughs> oh god it's true it is true there's no other way to look at them they are a mess now which is like you said earlier if you concede five and Rafa Benitez is your manager you should probably all retire mm. um, Everton will be without Calvert-Lewin again Fabian Delph again Yerry Mina again Andre Gomes again and Abdoulaye Dukure. Uh, that's a lot. That is your most important attacker, uh, a key player in your midfield, and probably, you know, the defender you would want in your team. Uh, well, we we wouldn't, but they would. Um, so none of that's good for them. Wolves, no Willie. Well, Willie Bolly could be back. Marcal is a doubt. Johnny Otto has been out for about three years now with his knee injury. Uh, Pedro Neto is working back but he's still months away by the sounds of things uh Mosquera is out for another four months a uh, Hugo Bueno wouldn't play anyway <sighs> this is a battle of of mediocrity 
mm. in, in many ways. But, but, Adama Traore and Jimenez against that Everton back line could be quite interesting. And Huang, who seems to be... And Huang, who just seems who to just put the ball in the back of the net. Doesn't know how to do anything else. Just kick the ball, put it in the goal. That'll do. Move on, son. Um, I think it's perfect think... against a defence that is so chaotic. Which yes, I think exactly. is the work of Michael King can't hold the line. Whoever's playing next to him is kind of just a mess. The fullbacks, I mean, Luca Dinia doesn't look anything like his old self to me. No, he's not playing well at all this season. Mm. Um, and you, the thing is, he's an attacking fullback. So if, if the attack isn't working, he he doesn't really bring anything to the team because uh, he can't defend all that well. I think this ends up as a home win. I think Wolves will beat them because I just think Wolves have players in decent form at the minute. They're looking like a more purposeful team. Uh, Bruno Lage has certainly got them attacking with intent, unbeaten in four, three wins and a draw. Defensively, they've looked better than expected. Um, they're still not scoring enough goals, but I think that will come. Jimenez is still working his way back. Huang is settling in. They get more from Trinkio. Adama's been hit and miss. I think Wolves win this game 2-1. Now, do I listen to my heart or do I do logic? What does your heart say? Rafa Benitez is meant at his job. Which is kind of logic. You know. That's logical at the same time, but I, the logic is Everton have a bad team, but the heart says Rafa will sort it. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair, but mm. at the same time, I don't know how much faith I could put into this this Everton team. I think he'd be better off playing himself at centre. Um, Not without Calvert-Lewin and um, and Decoury. If they had a full-strength team, I think it's a very different argument. Mm. But he doesn't have a full-strength team, so I would have concerns. I'm going to go one all. Cool. And that is us through ten games, then. It is. A- anything to plug before we go? I know you've got uh, two-footed every day. But anything two-footed to every for? day. To Diwa, get your backside back because I'm not doing this show again because my predictions are so bad. It's fine when I'm spoiling my own show with bad predictions, but I am now spoiling your show with predictions, and that's just not good for anybody. So get yourself back on board next week or else. Might just be me on my own next week. Um, I'll be here if I'm needed. I'll be here if I'm needed. But I hope that today was back next week. He's had enough of a holiday. Oh, he's been like, it's October. Huh? It's October. You had the whole summer off. Exactly. Come on, today we get yourself together, son. Exactly. He'll make me go on with him again. That's the problem. But anyway, we'll finish up. Um, so yeah, thank you, Dave. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to share your predictions with us, I think there's part of the site. Tiddy was the host. I don't. I don't know the crack. I think there's part of the site you can put it on. I'm not sure where. Um, but yeah, do that, or even just share them to me or Dave on Twitter for the EPL index account or the tad predictable account, or even just at a guy drinkle. But that's the show. Thank you, everyone. Goodbye. It's Brilliant. Taken away by Wicks. Let's see. Oh, it's glorious. And it's Ward 
Drowsy strikes yeah. it! Bamford shot. Oh, brilliant! The Pogba! Oh, what a finish! Came out to him. Menez! Pick that one out! What a goal by Harry Kane! Saka, 2 0. Jesse Lingard, oh, something finished! The champions of 2021 are Manchester City. Sports Social Podcast Network.